Hi, everybody, and welcome back to part two of the episode, Questioning Keith Hill. In this episode, we're continuing our questioning of some of the wild claims Keith Hill and others on his team continue to make against a group of independent farmers, as well as two former owners of Answers Pet Food, Jacqueline Hill and Roxanne Stone. Jacqueline spoke her truth in a previous episode of the Pet Schooled podcast, and in the next few days after our episode today, you'll hear from the independent farmers themselves who are at the receiving end of Keith's ongoing and sometimes potentially insane, it seems, accusations. And I think at the end of this episode, and after you hear the farmers speak in our next few episodes on the podcast, you may be wondering something similar to what I'm wondering. Is Keith Hill actually using the legal system as a way to try and harass these individuals? Because as I'm sure you probably can see already, and as I continue to analyze claims Keith Hill has made in court documents, so many of his claims simply just don't add up or make logical sense when you really get into analyzing them. So today, we're going to cover six additional claims or points from this ongoing case. Like the previous podcast, I'm going to cover what was said on the stand in this trial, and I'm going to provide my thoughts and questions as to why some of these main points from the case that I'm highlighting today simply don't make sense to me or appear to be contradicting to me. And with that, let's get to it. This is the Pet Schooled Podcast. Our first few claims that we're going to cover come from a guy by the name of Tim Ahern. Tim was hired as a food safety consultant for Answers Pet Food and spoke about his education background and what led him to be a food safety consultant as part of his testimony in this trial. He testified that he went to a community college in Maryland, but dropped out, he believes, after his third or fourth semester. He then began to work in the poultry industry because his wife was in college at the same time and they needed money. He states he did 25 years and went all the way to VP in food processing and then received six certificates from Penn State to go back into the food safety field. He stated he is completely certified to do any food safety evaluations, hazard analysis, risk assessment plans for HACCP plants. Tim's testifying in this case against Jacqueline and Roxanne was a bit of a shock to me because Tim had essentially been hired by and worked very close with over the years, both Jacqueline and Roxanne. When asked in this trial, quote, as an employee, unquote, of the company, did he ever get to know Keith Hill, the company's CEO? Tim responded vaguely at first. When asked if he came to know Roxanne Stone, he stated he did. And when asked if he came to know the company's vice president and chief operations officer, Jacqueline Hill, he responded very well. While there are a lot of details and questions surrounding Tim specifically in this case, I want to zero in on about three points for this specific podcast. First, and right out the gate, to remind you guys of the type of people we're potentially dealing with in this case that are constantly launching accusations against Jackie and Roxanne and the farmers, I want to talk about Tim specifically lying on the stand and committing perjury and getting caught while he was on the stand by Jackie and Roxanne's lawyer. So 
So on the stand is Tim Ahern, and he is being questioned by essentially his side's lawyer, Keith's lawyer in this case. The lawyer asks, For the record, you had no contact or communication with Jacqueline or Roxanne Stone in the last four months since they resigned. Is that correct? Tim answers, I had one last text. Wasn't very nice. And I never responded to that text. The lawyer asks, You had one last text from who? Tim answers, Jacqueline. The lawyer then asks, Was it from her office phone or a different phone? Tim responds, I can't recall exactly. The lawyer asks, Do you remember approximately when it was? Tim responds, It was right around the resignation. I don't know the exact date. It was right around the resignation. Tim is then questioned, April? May? Something like that? He responds, Yes, sir. Tim is then asked, You said it wasn't very nice. You never responded? He responds, That was it for me. He's then questioned, Since then, no conversation. Tim responds, Not a word. On cross-examination, Jackie and Roxanne's lawyer questions Tim about this statement. Their lawyer says, In your previous testimony, you testified that Jacqueline Hill sent you a nasty text and you didn't respond, right? Tim responds, I don't think I responded. He's then asked, do you have your phone with you? He responds, yeah. He's then asked, do you have that text message there? He responds, no, I don't keep text messages because I get over a hundred a day. There is then a bit of a back and forth between Jacqueline and Roxanne's lawyer and Tim. And eventually Jacqueline and Roxanne's lawyer states, I'll connect this up. I'm representing to you that I have Miss Jacqueline Hill's phone in front of me. Jacqueline's lawyer puts her phone underneath a projector in the courtroom. And what can be seen is extensive responses from Tim after Jacqueline sent him a text, proving Tim actually did respond after Jacqueline sent him a text. What? Tim is referring to as a nasty text, but we're about to see exactly what was said. The text that Tim testified to was a nasty text is Jacqueline saying, really threw us under the bus. Thanks for nothing. You know they're using you as a sacrificial lamb. And while Tim claimed on their oath that he didn't respond after such a nasty text received from Jacqueline, Tim actually did respond to Jacqueline, and he responded back saying, I am totally lost when it comes to social media. Social media is horrific in my opinion. I said I would follow the formulas and there would not be any compromise. That's when I leave the job. There was not one thing I said that didn't follow integrity. Jacqueline, I totally understand where you are right now, but I said nothing about you or rocks. I basically said I will follow your formulas. That's a great thing. I'm not a man without integrity. The lawyer's in question. So your statement that you didn't respond, Tim is caught red-handed. He says, right? He's continued to be questioned. To my clients mentioning that you being used as a sacrificial lamb, that was a false statement. Tim admits, obviously, that's what it looks like. So there are several things to break down here, but... Let's start with number one, the allegation that this text received from Jacqueline was nasty. It doesn't seem to be nasty to me. It feels as though the accusation that this text was a nasty text is yet again another stretch of a claim or 
a potentially outright false claim made in this case. Tim could have said, I received a text I didn't appreciate or a text I didn't personally like, but he specifically tried to paint this text from Jacqueline and her attitude in that text as nasty. Number two, Tim states in this text that he is a man of integrity, but I have to question that. Would someone with actual integrity lie on the stand in such a way? Would someone with actual integrity try and paint a text as nasty when it doesn't appear to be an actual nasty text? I don't believe so. So I have to question himself saying he has integrity. And I have to question, what is he defining as integrity? I also have to ask when it comes to Tim, did he know that he was going to be called out on the stand on his lie? I don't believe he did. And I also have to ask, what other accusations has Tim and others involved with Keith launched at Jacqueline and Roxanne that are also accusations that may stretch the truth or might be potentially outright lies in order to try and harm the integrity of the independent farmers, Jacqueline and Roxanne. And the next claim that we're going to review from Tim Ahern is also a claim where Tim seems to continue to embarrass himself. On the stand still is Tim Ahern, and again, he's a food safety consultant for Answers Pet Food. He was sworn in as an expert witness, even though he has not even received a community college education. So there are claims that Cure has identical products to Answers Pet Food, but listen to what Tim actually admits on the stand. Tim is saying, if you're talking about raw honey, that's a problem. That's a problem because you need to make daggone sure infants aren't involved around this because that's not good. Botulism can be in raw honey if it's not treated. Putting raw honey, in my opinion, is not smart. Tim is questioned, but it's different? Tim says different, not something I would do. He's then questioned, would it change the food safety plan? Tim says, it makes it worse. He's then questioned, different plan? Tim says, no, no, you have the same product other than you would have added a deleterious, in my opinion, not deleterious, you've added a flavoring that is, I would never put on the floor if there was an infant. Here's the only problem though. Tim Ahern, who works for Answers Pet Food, is bashing raw honey as an ingredient. Perhaps he may be clueless about his own company's own products, but the second ingredient listed on Answers Pet Food's raw goat milk is raw honey. (laughs) So Cure's raw goat milk doesn't contain any honey. So the product doesn't appear to be identical, even though Keith is alleging that the products are identical. Yes, that's the kind of claims that Jacqueline Roxanne and the independent farmers are having to put up with in this case. So listen to the next point and what Tim continues to admit. He's being questioned about various goat milk products on the market. And Tim Ahern of Answers Pet Food continues to make startling admissions. <laughs> Keep in mind that Keith of Answers is claiming that Jacqueline and Roxanne have stolen formulas. And here, Jacqueline and Roxanne's lawyer are continuing to break down those claims. The lawyer's question. So just a big picture. We have the Answers goat milk formula. We have Primal's goat milk organic recipe. And we have the Cure Pet Food Fermented Goat Milk. Your testimony is that from a food safety perspective, the Answers product is closer to the Primal product than the Answers is to the Cure product. Is that right? Tim responds, Primal is not like these two. This one has both. It has 
actual organizations or the cultures, and it has the fermentation. A little bit of that in there. Answers has a starter culture only. Cure has fermentation product. Fermentation product and fermentation product. So this basically has started fermentation with its inoculant. The lawyer questions, the cure? Tim says, the cure, sorry. The lawyer then questions, so that's different than answers in primal. Tim says, yes, yes it is. What I'm telling you is cure is definitely not like answers. That's what I'm telling you. The lawyer says, wonderful. And my thought on this, again, this situation feels very similar to the many other accusations made in this case. The claim, they've stolen formulas, yet when you actually boil everything down, the formulations are different. Claims of, they're the same products, yet when you actually analyze all the details, they're not the same products. So what it appears as though Keith has alleged in this case seems to be different than actual reality when it comes to these claims of stolen products. And again, Angel Helm's testimony was that Roxanne was very talented and knowledgeable. Do we really think Roxanne is going to resign from her own company? She helped build for a decade and then use the same exact product formulas, especially given the potential that Keith was going to come after her and Jacqueline, maybe probably, no matter what, given that she herself has a master's degree in food science and has worked for an extensive amount of time in the human food industry and knows how to formulate reverse engineer products and do extensive amount of talented work in this field of food. You can visit both companies' websites and clearly see that the product formulations are different with essentially all the products, yet Keith claims that formulations were stolen from him. If this is any indication, again, I have to state this again, if this is any indication as to how Keith Hill operates, I have to say it again, no wonder Jacqueline Roxanne stopped working with this man. After a quick break, we're going to listen to and review several other claims by Angel Helm similar to the ones that Tim has made. They appear to be wide-ranging claims where when questioned under oath, under cross-examination, Angel Helm seems to not have proof, actual proof, for the majority of the claims that she's making against Jacqueline, Roxanne, and the farmers. Stay tuned. This is the Pet Schooled Podcast. All right, we're coming down towards the end of this podcast questioning Keith Hill. And the next claims we're going to look at before we finally jump to the revelations made about John Schultz, one of the answers owners, the next claims we're going to look at, again, involve Angel Helm and her severe lack of proof for disparagement accusations. And we're also going to look at questions about how Keith's team mysteriously obtained one of the documents they admitted into evidence as their supposed proof for accusation or underhanded claim arguments made in this case. Now, again, to quickly recap, Keith and his team are trying to state that Roxanne and Jacqueline left the company and just disparaged the company left and right, and the company has fallen off the rails of profitability as a result, which are claims that aren't quite adding up to me, but we're going to review this testimony where Angel Helm is making those similar type of accusations against Jacqueline and Roxanne. Angel Helm here is being questioned by Roxanne and Jacqueline's attorney. She's asked, what do you know directly from seeing a writing from my clients doing what you are considering to be underhanded actions? Angel states, I don't have anything in writing from your clients. 
She's then questioned. So all of your testimony, none of those posts or disparaging comments were from my clients, correct? Angel says, I can't say that. I guess the question is really to ask them on the stand if they've disparaged the company at any time. I can't say that. I don't know. She's then questioned. You don't have any writings in your possession from my clients that you consider to be underhanded actions. Is that correct? Angel Ham responds, that's incorrect. Jacqueline and Roxanne's lawyer then asks, what documents do you have? The attorney for Keith Hill then interrupts and says it's an August 31st, 2021 email. Jacqueline and Roxanne's lawyer then puts that email on a screen in the court. They then ask Angel Hem, is this the document you're referring to? Angel Hem states, well, that's one of them, yes. She's then asked, what in this document, in your opinion, is underhanded? Angel goes on to state that on June 17th of 2021, Roxanne asks an employee by the name of Abner, and Angel Helm states that it is one of her employees, to go look at information on her products for the benefit of Cure. Angel then says, so that's the definition of espionage, right? Corporate espionage is the illegal theft or use of business information or secrets for the use of a competitor to achieve a competitive advantage. This information seems to be confusing to Jackie and Roxanne's lawyer because the information that Jacqueline was requesting was the size of a box and edge crush information at the bottom of a box. And Angel Ham's testimony is also questionable because the guy that she's referring to as one of her employees and Answers employee, Abner, is actually not one of her employees or Answers employees that's on the staff of Answers Pet Food. He's an employee of a cold storage facility owned by one of the independent farmers. Angel says, I said she's asking an employee of ours with the intent of starting up a new company for information on our products. So we're paying this individual, and she is asking him to get information to aid her. That's what I said. Jackie's lawyer then asks, and you're confident that Abner's a listen employee, right? Angel says, yeah, he was working for us at the time, or he's what, I don't know his status because there are leased employees. I don't know. She's then asked, so you're not sure if he's an employee? Angel says, the email is to Irvin King, who definitely worked for us, instructing Abner to get the information. She's then questioned, other than asking for what's on the bottom of a publicly shipped box or container, what else are you alleging that my client did in the category of underhanded action. I'm only asking for my clients, not anyone else. Angel says, so, you know, in talking to retailers, customers, I don't have written documents. She's asked, and no firsthand knowledge? She says, no, I've never had a conversation with them. She's then asked, so what are we talking about in the email of the bottom of the container? That's the only thing you have firsthand knowledge of that you're claiming was an underhanded action by my clients, correct? She again states, that's incorrect. There has been, I have repeatedly said that your clients have told customers, vets, retailers, not to sell our products anymore because they're dangerous. Jackie and Roxanne's lawyer ask, I'm asking for direct knowledge. I'm not asking that you have personal knowledge. So at this point in the case, Sadomsky, which is the lawyer for Keith, interrupts. And then the judge interrupts, and the judge says, I guess the disconnect that's going on here, the question is, has she heard anything from the mouths of your clients? She said no. She has said, however, 
that she has had many, many conversations with other folks that have told her that. So understanding whether it's true or not, the question is, what is she referring the basis of her opinion on as to whether, as to what's going on with the company and the decline of the company? And she says that she believes after speaking with people that they've had established relationships with that there have been disparagements going on. That's what she's testified to. And hear my thoughts on this. It appears as though Angel Helm may be on the stretch the truth train, along with a few other people on Keith Hill's side in this case. And you may notice how in Angel's testimony, she is continually asked, does she have anything in writing that are actually from Jacqueline Roxanne doing what she's claiming? Like, you're claiming they're disparaging the company. Where's that proof? And she says that, well, I doubt that your clients would ever put anything in writing to me. And it's like, we weren't asked that they would put writing. And it's like, Angel was not asked that anything was put in writing to her. You're saying they disparaged the company to retailers and veterinarians and customers. Do you have anything in writing? But she always seems to be trying to flip things to be a different answer than what is actually asked because it's glaringly obvious here. She doesn't have proof that Jackie and Roxanne have disparaged the company in writing specifically. Now, what Angel Helm is trying to say is that, oh, I've heard things from veterinarians and consumers and retailers, right? Here are my notes on that. Now, again, we have to remind ourselves that Angel Helm was hired as a fixer and she's being paid what she testified was $5,000 a week to do this job for Keith, right? Now, this is just me, but when I've had potentially legally related issues and I've had phone conversations with people, so just to break this down, I've had issues with the FDA where unfortunately I've had to sue the agency. So in phone conversations, I would either state, hi, I'm going to legally record this phone call, or I'd state at the beginning of the phone call, this phone call is going to be legally recorded. I've had personal situations with the FDA and CDC, unfortunately, where the agencies have lied to me. And so having things on actually legally recorded record help whenever it comes to a potential legal case. And, you know, the agencies don't like the fact that they're being on record and will oftentimes try to hang up, but you can still ensure there's a record of proof. Even if you're not having a legally recorded phone call, you can take notes and follow up with the person via email stating, this is what we talked about today. And these are my notes from the call. This is my memorialization of that call. And again, memorialization of calls and putting things in email establishes proof for claims. And Angel Helm doesn't seem to have done any of that in this case. So here's where my confusion comes in. Common sense seems to be to suggest that if you, Angel Helm, have a veterinarian or a retailer saying, Jackie said this to me over the phone, or Roxanne said this to me over the phone, and it was disparaging to the company, if that actually happened, I highly suspect that that didn't, Angel Helm could have asked the veterinarian or retailer to send them an email to her saying that claim on record. Or Angel Helm could have sent an email to the party, so either the veterinarian, customer, or retailer. She said that she has established relationships with or something like that. So Angel Helm could have sent an email saying, hello, Joe, or hello, Jane. 
It was great speaking with you today over the phone. Just to recap, you told me this that we spoke about on the phone. Or you told me on X date, X person called you and told you this. Yet, Angel Ham didn't do such a thing. So there's no record or list where Angel Ham kept names of veterinarians, specifically specific veterinarians, specific retailers, who allegedly, supposedly made claims via conversations that they, that Jackie and Roxanne were disparaging the company. Keith's lawyer didn't present any veterinarians that I know of or retailers that testified backing up Angel Helm's claims that, like, yeah, they were disparaged verbally by Jacqueline and Roxanne, uh, probably because no such disparagement was happening. Again, if I have a company and someone is saying X, Y, and Z is making disparagement claims, writing down that information, putting it in emails, following back up, like, that's forming proof for those claims. So our next claim, which this gets a little bit crazier, right? So Angel Helm in her testimony brought up an email and she tried to claim that this email from a guy named Abner was proof that Jackie and Roxanne were doing underhanded things. And Angel Helm even went on to like make claims of corporate espionage, which, okay. Um, Now here's the thing, which again is a kind of like a reoccurring theme to me anyways in this case like okay you brought up that email now the emails between Abner and apparently Irvin King and then Jackie was involved asking for information right they're saying that's corporate espionage she's asking for information on a box against us now how did Angel Ham or someone else in Keith's legal team or Answers Pet Food company operations team end up with this email. Now, I have some suspicions about this that I'll point out at the end of this, but first we're going to cover what Angel was being asked and what she said on the stand regarding this mysterious email she came to possess. All right, so here we go on this one. It is Farmer's Lawyer questions how this document was obtained, and Angel Helm is being cross-examined now by the attorney for the independent farmers. His name is Joel, and he's a different attorney than Jacqueline and Roxanne's attorney. So Joel, the attorney, asked, I want to ask you about Listen 9. This is a document where you kind of talked a little bit about corporate espionage. I'm going to ask you, who showed you this document? Angel responds, I don't remember. So you have to understand, sir, we have documents floating all over the place regarding this case. She's then asked, okay. Do you know how this document was obtained? Angel states, I don't. She's asked, okay, you mentioned corporate espionage, and this is an example of it. But this email, you'll agree, is between two people whose servers are outside of Answer's Pet Food, right? She states, I don't know, because I'm not involved in any of that. She's asked, would you agree that Trinity Clean Foods is not a part of Answer's Pet Food, right? She answers, yes. She's then asked, would you agree that emypeople.net, Amish email suppliers, is not Answers Pet Food, correct? She states, yeah, I don't think so. She's then asked, so this email was obtained was between two people that don't have anything to do at Answers at this point, correct? She says, no, that's not true. At the time it was written, Irvin King worked for Answers and Abner. So the lawyer for the farmer steps in now and says, let me stop you there for a second. You said Irving King worked for Answers. You mean he was one of the independent farmers who supplied Answers. 
She says, correct. We paid him millions of dollars. The lawyer says, I understand that. But I mean, he was always an independent farmer, correct? Angel is forced to admit, yeah. The lawyer, Joel, continues. Okay, and that was part of why you were concerned about the supply chain, right? Is that these were independent guys, right? She says, this is who we worked with for years. Yeah. Question then is, okay, Abner never worked for answers, correct? Angel then responds, I don't know, Abner. Once again, mouth drop. Did someone from the Answers Pet Food team steal this email? How did they obtain a private email between two people whose email address and servers they didn't control? So Trinity Clean Foods is apparently the email address that Irving King had. Then emypeople.net is an email address that Abner was apparently using. It appears Angel Helm was trying to twist things when she would state things like, he definitely worked for us. But Irving King was an independent farmer who was not an actual employee of Answers Pet Food. Answers Pet Food just purchased things from Irving King and his company. Big difference that Miss Helm appears to have been trying to blur. How did Angel Helm and Answers come to possess a piece of private email communication? They're trying to pin corporate espionage on others, but it appears they may have been the ones who committed some form of corporate espionage. And I also have to say a wow moment from Angel Helm being asked, and you're confident that Abner's a listen employee, right? And her stating, yeah, he was working for us at the time. And then she later was asked, okay, Abner never worked for Answers, correct? And then she states, I don't know, Abner. Angel Helm seems to be all over the place. She appears to have been trying to blur that line between answers actually purchasing material from an independent third party, and then they sold it as their own. Trying to blur that with, he works for us and is one of our employees. Those are two completely separate things. And that's the kind of people we're dealing with in this case. That's the kind of stretch. It may be an independent farmer that has a third-party company that we may purchase products from or hire them to make certain things for us, as a lot of people do, most people do, in the pet food industry to a degree. Like Keith Hill's not churning together you know, raw goat milk or kefir or cheese himself. He's purchasing it from independent parties and they try to blur the line and like make the illusion that these people are like answers employees, like completely two different separate things. But again, the blurring of the line and the questionable blurring of the truth here in this case, launching accusations about people saying that they are employees of answers when in fact they're independent people. It's just mind boggling. Coming up after a quick short break, which is the last break in this podcast today, we're going to discuss some information that was discovered about one of Answers Pet Foods' current owners and investors. After Keith Hill made some interesting claims in some recent court documents, again, a reoccurring theme, claims against Jacqueline and Roxanne, which don't seem to make sense. Stay tuned. This is the Pet Schooled Podcast. In some of the latest court filings, Keith Hill cited a particular incident involving a group of retailers who served him a letter of intent to sue back in November 2021. In the letter, retailers cited 
financial losses caused by quality control issues of Answers Pet Food products caused by the choices of Keith Hill since May 5, 2021, including but not limited to all returns and loss of customer trust and or sales caused by these issues. The letter of intent to sue also cited all financial losses to retailers caused by any form of communication which notified or threatened any member of the public, distributors, retailers, or consumers regarding limitations to legally function in the open market. A common theme I've witnessed in this overall injunction is how Keith Hill seems to accuse Jacqueline and Roxanne of what feels like almost everything under the sun. Another common theme I've also witnessed is how contradictions seem to pop up, almost invalidating or at least raising serious question to many of the accusations Keith has made against the women and the farmers. This letter of intent to sue from retailers mentions an organization called the Schultz Hill Foundation, allegedly founded by two of Listen Company's minority member shareholders, John Schultz and Gary Hill. In the newest court documents, Keith Hill and his attorney state, specifically, quote, petitioners believe that the authors of the letter would not have known about the Schultz Hill Foundation, but for information provided to them by J. Hill and Stone, end quote. So again, here's Keith Hill and his legal team accusing Jackie and Roxanne of even more things. Retailers couldn't have known about information unless it was being secretly fed to them, apparently, by Jacqueline and Roxanne. Here's the big glaring problem. And again, it's a theme I really want listeners to understand when it comes to this case. The information about the Schultz Hill Foundation was found by and put into the retailer's letter, their letter of intent to sue Keith Hill, by one of the retailers, Chelsea Kent. I called Miss Kent to speak about Keith's latest court filings and her thoughts on Keith accusing Jackie and Roxanne, yet again, of providing this information when Chelsea was actually the one that found this information herself independently. And here's part of our phone conversation. So Chelsea, when it comes to Schultz Hill, this foundation, how did you come across the information about the Schultz Hill Foundation and what led you to go looking for that? I was actually just looking up the um, background check on Keith Hill just because I was trying to gain a better understanding of what's, you know, what he's into, what's going on in his world, um, and trying to have a better understanding of the companies that he has affiliation with because he has been so minimally involved with answers. What has he been doing all of these years? So I have had a, a subscription with Truthfinder for years, and that is just a public domain where you can go and do background checks on anybody. Anybody can pay for the subscription. And I looked up Keith and um, you know all of the different company names that seemed a little bit sketchy all on its own. But one of the things that Truthfinder lists is affiliations. So if you click on any individual affiliation, then it will tell you, you know, their criminal history, properties that they own, just whatever information on there. And that's how I found out about the Schultz Hill Foundation and a bunch of sketchy things and uh, jail time <laughs> that they've actually done. 
The jail time Chelsea is referring to is specifically about a man named John Schultz. And to understand more about who John Schultz is, we need to understand the company's setup of Answers Pet Food just a tad more. Keith Hill's brother, Gary Hill, is married to or partnered to John Schultz. Both Gary and John are silent investors in Answers Pet Food, and they sit on the board of the pet food company as well. When it comes to claims by Jacqueline and Roxanne that their attempts over the year to save Answers Pet Food were constantly being outvoted by others in the company, they're referring to Keith, Derek Hill, which is Keith and Jacqueline's son, Gary Hill, who is Keith's brother, and John Schultz, Gary's partner. According to a 2017 Associated Press article, John Schultz once avoided prison in a sex blackmail case that involved a secretly recorded video, a Baptist minister, and a hooker in a motel room. He was accused of helping the council president at the time orchestrate a blackmail against another councilman who was lured into a motel and secretly taped having sex with a prostitute. And according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, the people of Atlantic City know philanthropist John Schultz. He served on the city council for years. He owned several popular bars, and he still throws elaborate fundraisers at his nine-story palace a block from the boardwalk. But in 2017, Schultz was involved in a separate legal scandal, one that involved tax fraud. According to news reports, John Schultz pleaded guilty to conspiring to defraud the United States in connection with a rolling chair business he and two others operated. The scheme involved removing cash from the business and keeping a phony set of books to show the IRS, and a real set that documented how much money the business actually took in. According to news reports, in federal court, Schultz admitted he knew the rolling chair business deliberately kept two sets of accounting books, one to keep track of the money it earned, another that hid profits at Royal Rolling Chairs Incorporated. John Schultz deliberately hid profits to avoid paying over $119,000 in taxes. What do you have to say in response to Keith's claim in the news filing that if it wasn't for Jacqueline or Roxanne providing the information, it would not have been known to you? Uh, I think that that's um, unfortunate that he doesn't think that any Joe Schmo is capable of finding things online. That's the way that the world works. And if you look at the history of most everything that I've ever written, I do a lot of research on things. And he himself has actually contributed to publicizing the research that I've done. So... He, uh, in one case, is going to benefit from utilizing that research, and in another case, he's going to say, well, you couldn't have gotten that research without the help of these other people. That's pretty ridiculous. Again, I have to question how in-court documents, Keith making that potential stretch, that's a very wide stretch, that he didn't believe this information could come from any other source other than Jacqueline and Roxanne, when it's technically public information, Again, is Keith Hill simply launching as much as he can against the independent farmers, Jacqueline and Roxanne, to try and carry out the case and try to bury them financially? If that is Keith Hill's actual tactics or one of his tactics, it doesn't appear to be working. The independent farmers, Jacqueline and Roxanne, 
are all standing strong against the various wrongful accusation Keith himself and others on his team has launched against them. Beyond just this injunction issue, there is a separate jury-requested trial on most of these matters coming up, and the farmers, as well as Jacqueline and Roxanne, will be able to make discovery requests on Keith Hill in this case, and who knows what those documents will actually uncover. I'll continue to follow this issue, and I look forward to seeing you in future Pet School podcasts. Thank you to everyone listening and who has taken the time to look deeper into this case.